The Courage to Lead, Episode 89. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week. Um, I'm having a great week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Uh, please help me welcome Joe Nicasio. Contrary hey. to... Thank Hello. you. <laughs> <laughs> you startled me there for a second. Okay. I was pronouncing it correctly. Yes. Okay. Nicasio. Nicasio. All right. Let me start again, just to make sure. Okay. Because I've done that the other day. I introduced some lady, and she goes, that's not how you pronounce my name. It's like, oops. Okay. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week. Um, I'm having a great week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Joe Nicasio. Contrary to popular belief, succeeding in business is not risky or accidental. It's about doing something you love for yourself and others, sharing that love through your service and effective marketing, and receiving love in the form of cash and appreciation from grateful clients. When you align your passions with proven principles, success is inevitable. Since 1999, Joe Nicasio has been working with startup entrepreneurs and seasoned business owners to do just that. If you want to learn some tactics, you can put to work in your business today. Pay attention to Joe Nicasio. He is an advisor you can trust. Joe, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Harlan. It's exciting to be on Courage to Lead. Absolutely. No, I've been looking forward to this conversation, sir. Uh, This is great. So mentoring, that can be tough can't it? Yeah. I, well, you know, I work with people that are committed to creating a business, you know, mentoring people to create a business that truly works. And uh, it's tough when people, other, when, when, whoever I'm mentoring isn't committed. So yeah. uh, I filter out people. I don't work with people that are not hundred percent all in. You got to be all in to work with Joe. Good job. No, a lot of businesses don't filter enough. So I think that's a good thing. All right, we're gonna we're gonna talk about filtering. We're gonna talk about uh, the businesses you work with, how you got your start, and uh, probably a lot more stuff. But first, before we get started, I've got some questions for you. These are questions the listeners know. I ask every one of my guests on the show their questions uh, made famous on the television show Inside the Actors Studio, where host James Lipton asks these questions of his Hollywood guests from stage, film, TV, and uh, I guess if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So. Joe, you're ready. All right. Question number one, what is your favorite word? Uh, For today, I'm going to use the word curiosity. Great. When we have genuine curiosity, it opens all kinds of doors. Absolutely. What is your least favorite word? Uh, I'd say creep. Creep. (laughs) I think that word is never used with compassion. That's true. (laughs) That is true. All right. What turns you on? Uh, what turns me on is um, uh, caring. Co- you know, when somebody actually genuinely cares about me, uh, that turns me on. Very cool. What turns you off? Disinterest. I'll tell you what turns me off is a um, an irritating voice. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. What sound or noise do you love? You know, I can listen to flamenco music all day long and never get bored. Nice. 
What sound or noise do you hate? Mm, what sound or noise do I hate? Um, I hate listening to people whine about COVID. <laughs> I, I, was, I was in a clubhouse room the other day and everybody was like, there was misinformation, but people were arguing about misinformation with more misinformation. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I was like eating popcorn in the gallery. Like none of these people have the facts. Neither do I, but you know, that's another story. Still, absolutely. All right. Question seven. What is your favorite curse word? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down here in Atlanta. You hear that a lot down here in the South. Um, Question eight, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Uh, you know, I think in another life, I would have been a great trial attorney. Okay, nice. There's still time, Joe. You're a young guy. Well, you so I, I love what I do now, so it's hard for me to divide myself. <laughs> um, what profession would you not like to do? Oh, um, sitting in a cubicle, I think. Uh, um, there's so many that I wouldn't like to do. I, I think that that's a problem. Cubicle is good. The cube. I, I, I wouldn't want to just be chasing money. Anything where I'm just chasing money, anything where uh, I have my eye off the ball of actually like making somebody's life better. I would say that. Cool. All right. Finally, question 10. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh, he'll say, um, man, you had a tough journey to get here, but I'm glad you made it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Very cool. All right. We're going to talk about that journey, uh, find out how you got your start, uh, what you're currently doing and working on. And uh, at some point, we'll turn to courage and leadership. All right. Sure. All right. So listeners, we'll be right back right after this message. So stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Joe Nicasio. Joe, welcome again. Thanks for uh, being on the podcast. Where are you coming to us from? You're out in California? I'm in Los Angeles, California now. I'm a, I'm a digital nomad and I uh, just spent five weeks in Hawaii and it was a blast. And wow. now my next journey, I think I'm going to be going to uh, Arlington, Texas, because I've got a client there that invented something 20 years ago. I was helping him 20 years ago and he finally got funding. And so we're going to manufacture it. Very cool. Good job. Being a, a nomad. I love that. Uh, I had another guy on the podcast, uh, one of the earlier episodes he and his wife and his family, I think there are three kids, two dogs, and I don't know how many cats, <laughs> all in a 30-foot trailer. And they are just traveling the country, loving it. Yeah, I got a suitcase and a briefcase and a bag of nutritious food. And I <laughs> take that on an airplane and go wherever and, you know, with Uber and Lyft. And, you know, uh, there's 
what's the one I use? Oh, uh, Instacart. You can have yeah. groceries delivered and Absolutely. Uh, I can work from anywhere and uh, it's a blast. I'm having sure. fun. I'm making money. I've, I've got clients all over the world and, uh, you know, I have geographic freedom, which is great. I can run my business from anywhere. I have time freedom because I run my schedule and, uh, and uh, financially, you know, I'm doing, I'm grateful for what I got and I know more is on the way. And so I've got Very some freedom cool. there too, as well. Very cool. And you actually work to help businesses and business owners do essentially the same thing, right? Um, kind of. I mean, if that's, you know, it's, that's what works for me, but what works for you, you know, building your business around someone else. I don't want to clone me. Right. I, I want people to uh, discover their own uh, dream business that works for their lifestyle, you know? And, and I think this is a mistake. If you build your business, uh, around someone else's business model, it's kind of like wearing someone else's underwear. Yeah, might be yeah. a little, might be a little kinky at first, but after a while, it's, it's weird. You <laughs> yeah, know? it's just uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. So, how'd you get started? How'd you get started as a as a coach and a business coach? You know, it's it's a long journey, but I, you know, when I was a kid, I was into electro electronics, and I was an, I won you know as electrical engineer and technician and business excuse me electronics troubleshooter and. Uh, I, I saw a lot of cycles in business. You know, I learned about vacuum tubes and that stuff went away. I had to learn about transistors. I learned about, you know, audio recording on uh, audio tape and, you know, and then phonographs and, and that stuff went away. And then I learned about eight tracks and, you know, everything evolved. And so I learned the technology and it would go away. But the last one I was selling uh, multimedia, uh, you know, computer-based training software. And we were, we made a million selling that. Um, um, but the, the technology shift was brutal and I lost everything. And mm. I, I, I mean, this is 20 something years ago, 25 years ago. Uh, and I had a little bit of a mental meltdown, uh, cause smart people aren't supposed to fail. Right. right. And uh, I beat myself up a little, but, um, you know, I also got blessed with getting a mentor, a guy named Jay Abraham. And I got to spend seven years around this guy and I transcribed a you know, I went to a paid program and they asked me to come to another paid program. And I said, I, 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 I'm still trying to pay for the first one. And they said, we know, can you barter? And I said, what could I possibly do? And I ended up transcribing, you know, decades of genius on, you know, I ended up, those transcriptions ended up in the J. Abraham Marketing Encyclopedia. Wow. And I, Very cool. I gained a pretty amazing knowledge. But as I was learning from Jay and going to his events and on barter and, but, uh, as I was learning, um, one of the things that Jay had was the uh, top 10 marketing mistakes that almost every business makes. And I remember I had that list with me and I was at a trade show and I was going booth to booth and every single one, like 99 out of 100 people were making marketing mistakes. And um, that's when a light bulb, you ask how I got started, a light bulb went off in my head and said, wow, everybody needs my help. Of course, at the time I was upside down $250,000. And so I wanted to help everybody, but people were asking like, well, how many millions have you made, you know? And I hadn't made, I was underwater, but I still realized that if they're making mistakes and we fix the mistakes, we could turn them around. It has nothing to do with my situation, but realizing that almost everybody's making marketing mistakes and the fact that they can be turned around pretty easily uh, is really, I think the the seed. That's when the spark happened. And I realized, and so, you know, my midlife crisis really turned into a midlife calling and, and I shifted from 
being that electrical engineer technology person to declaring I am now a marketing consultant and I'm learning from the best. So very cool. So what are some of the mistakes people were making and are they still making them? Oh yeah. All the time. Um, You know, one of the, and there's mistakes beyond Jay's list, of course, you know, Uh, uh, but one of the mistakes is I think people make it difficult to, to do business with you. You know, you go to a website and it's, it's difficult. You, you talk to somebody and they can't, that's another one is not communicating clearly your value. That's, yeah. that's a huge mistake. If you, if it's clear, you know, if, 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 if the promise is clear, people will pay the price. Right. Okay. But the mistake is, is they're confusing and the confused mind buys nothing. And so if we just take your confusing message and we really focus it and make it clear, a lot more people will do business with you. There's a bunch of them. You know, one of the mistakes, this is not on Jay's list, but I think one of the, the mistakes people make is uh, they think that sales is a numbers game and sales is not a numbers game. It's a relationship game. And if you pe- treat people like a number, you deserve all the business you don't get. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Somebody, I heard somebody describe that uh, basically the human brain is, is a little lazy. And if you make it work too hard for something, it just goes and find something else, right? So if, if you can't describe your business, if you can't identify exactly what it is you do and who you do it for and why you do it, people aren't going to connect with you. Yeah, there's a book out there about user interfaces, you know, like website user mm-hmm. interfaces. And the title is Don't Make Me Think. Yeah. If you make it, you know, I mean, a good, a lot of people don't have a marketing problem. They have an offer problem, you know, um, and um if you're not clear about what you're offering, you're not going to make many sales. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. That offer is important. The, the hook. Um, and that's something I've struggled with. What do you get for your money? You know what? It's not the hook. The hook is the attention, but the offer is the actual thing that you're selling. Right. Like, you know, so there's this, I learned this from one of my coaches. There's something called the yo mama marketing test. Okay. And so it's like, <laughs> I'm talking to Harlan and Harlan's thinking about hiring me and he hires me. And then he goes back to his mom and says, Hey, I just hired this guy, Joe. Now, if you do a good job explaining this to your mom, if it's really clear, your mom's going to go, Oh, Harlan, that's great. You really need that. But if you don't do a good job, she's going to say, what kind of fool child did I raise? Why are you wasting <laughs> your money on this guy named Joe Nicasio? Yep. And uh, so your offer is needs to be so clear that the client gets it and they can explain it to their mom so that their mom endorses them. Otherwise, now they're feeling like a fool and they're going to get buyer's remorse and they're going to come back and cancel the sale. Yeah. Well, working with my clients, telling them they have to have a clear vision of where they're taking their company so they can talk that vision, right? Share that vision with their employees so their employees know where we're going. Same thing. If I'm selling my business, I have to give you a clear idea of exactly what it is we're doing, where we're going, so that you see that end result and then you buy it. One of the one of the things I learned from Jay Abraham was like if Harlan hires me to be a business consultant, my job is not to to be an advocate for Harlan. My job is to be an advocate for Harlan's customers. If I can look at your business through your customers' eyes and say, "Why the heck should I buy from Harlan?" and if they're not good answers, then I need to come back to Harlan. It's like this isn't about you. It's about serving your customers and getting them to actually pay you, and being that advocate for your clients. Uh, it is a powerful posture. Nice. So you've been doing this since 1999. Yeah. And you've got clients all over the world. Yeah. I, I, I got a client later today. I uh, got a client who 
we had to readjust the schedule, but he's in Amsterdam. I got a client in India. I've got clients in India. I've got clients in uh, Scotland. I've got clients in uh, um, uh, Denmark. Nice. And how did they find you? Just Google search? Did you reach Um, out to them? uh, You know, I I get people from a variety of sources. Um, I got people that endorse me. You know, they do events and they say, Joe's the real deal and hire Joe. I've got I get referrals from past clients. Um, um, You know, um, I think that a large part of how I'm getting clients now is, you know, you generate a lead, but there's also lead nurturing. And so, you know, a lot of people will raise their hand and say, I'm kind of interested in you. But if you communicate frequently and nurture the relationship and demonstrate your expertise and, and demonstrate not only am I an expert, I'm an expert that can help Harlan. And I can, it's like, Joe's not just smart, but I want Joe's smarts to help me. Okay. Um, So I think that a large part of my sales is, you know, I had a guy contact me uh, and he hired me within 48 hours. I never met him before, but he was, he was watching my videos for, for a year. Wow. So he found out about me. And and so I think that having, um, you know, there's two kinds of content. There's teaching content. Like it's Mm -hmm. when somebody hires me, I'm going to teach you the real stuff. But there's also conversion content, which is teaching you to want to work with me. I'm teaching, I'm giving you value and I'm I'm kind of leaving you hungry for more. So, and, and this is a mistake also that people make is they, they, they give all this teaching content away. They give you know, um, it's like they give away the movie, but what they should really be doing is making the movie trailer. Yeah. yeah. If you give a good movie trailer, it makes them want to buy the ticket to the movie. See but the if, you, thing, if right? I give you the movie, you're not going to buy a ticket to the movie. Exactly. Yeah. And I made that mistake when I started off. I came from consulting into coaching. And as a consultant, I was used to deliverables. You know, here's everything you need everything. I mean, uh, templates and tools and the, the whole package. And I would start giving that away. And people said, Hey, thanks for this. Adios. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't need, you know, if I, if I give you a little sample of a delicious steak, you're going to probably want to buy the steak. But if I give you a whole steak, you, f- you feel full and satisfied. It's like, Oh, I don't need to hire Joe or exactly. <laughs> looking for dessert now. <laughs> and, and these little nuances, man, like for people that don't have them, this is exactly why you want to hire a mentor or a coach so that, because yeah. if you don't have these things, it'll make it, you know, if, if I ask Harlan, are you satisfied with your current income? You might say yes or no, you, you can go either way. But if I ask, are you totally satisfied with your current income? That, wow. that one word, it's like the chink in the armor that's, you know, uh, I, I can't help you solve your problems if you don't admit to having problems. Right. If everything's working and nothing's not working, you're not my client. Yeah. And so we need to get you to admit, if I ask every year, are you totally satisfied with your income? Yeah, I'm totally, I'm sad. Or or am I satisfied? Yeah, I'm satisfied. Well, where's the fire in your belly to get to the next level? But totally sad. No, I'm not. Okay. Now you just admitted that there's something to work on. Sure. Awesome. That, I love that little tidbit. Listeners, I hope you guys are taking notes. That was good. Totally. So just that one, one word. So is that how you kind of help your clients to go in and look at what they've already done as far as your marketing and see what they can improve on it? Or do you take them a totally different direction or is it a combination? 
Well, each client's a little different. You know, it's kind of malpractice to give a prescription without a proper (laughs) diagnosis first. Um, um, So, you know, there's really two ways to improve a business. One is through optimization and the other is through innovation. Optimization, you know, if if somebody's doing something and it's already working, you know, we can make it better. Let me give you an example. One of my clients, uh, past clients, a guy named Jack Howes, uh, P&J Engineering, uh, concrete restoration company they they had an la times ad that was running um and once the people called on the ad you know do you have cracks in your concrete your driveway your your sidewalk your 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 pool deck uh you know so he he was generating leads from this la times ad and then they would go out and do estimates and they were selling like 17 percent was their closing ratio and Mm -hmm. i'm like if they're responding to an ad for cracks in concrete, they probably want it fixed. So I was very suspicious about their closing rate. So I did two things. I took their, uh, their LA Times ad and I just helped tweak it to make it better. And, uh, you know, just knowing some copywriting, layout secrets, et cetera. And his incoming ads increased 400% per week. Wow. Okay. And then uh, the other thing I did is, is I'm like, if you're only selling 17% um, of your estimates, there's something wrong here. So we looked at what they were doing. And, and one of the things we changed the belief, if, if they called for an estimate for a crack, whatever, that they probably wanted it fixed, just having the belief, assuming that they want it fixed. Yeah. Uh, and I taught them some NLP things and some, you know, just, I helped them customize the sales process, but we optimized those two things. They were already advertising and they were already estimating and trying to sell, but we increased the incoming ad results. And we also got their closing ratio from 17% to 70, 70%. Okay. And what happened is in the next 90 days, uh, they bought three new vehicles. They got three new crews of three people, uh, created nine jobs there. Plus they hired a new estimator that, so they created 10 jobs, three vehicles, uh, you know, uh, 11 new employees, uh, 10 new employees, um, uh, just by just optimizing those two processes. Awesome. But, uh, you know, other people, uh, you know, Patricia Rezzatello came to me and she was doing internet marketing. She had a, a horse salt uh, website um, and, uh, you know, she was doing all the internet stuff, you know, uh, uh uh, you know, uh, webinars and website and, and uh, teleseminars and telling people about her product. And she had like pallets of these horse salt licks from the Himalayas. Hmm. Um, and she sold like two or three. And then she hired me. And I said, well, the problem is, you know, how many horses do you think are, are, are surfing Facebook? <laughs> you know, the answer is none. And I said, you know, you got a product that if, if people, if the horses just sampled this, so you get it. So what you need to use your computer and make a list of where all the hard horse events are, all the tack shops, all the places where horses are being served. And then you need to print that out and then you need to close your computer, you know, and get in front of people at these live events. So this instead of taking what she was doing online and making her online better, it's like, let's innovate. Let's go back to some old school stuff, you know, that, you know, I have a saying that low tech effective is better than high tech ineffective. Absolutely. And so she got in front of the horses and and, and and went to the horse competitions and the horse shows and and she put her product in front of the horses and the horses licked it and they liked it and uh, 
uh, within 60 days, she sold all of her inventory and higher, you know, and bought more. And, and so sometimes we need to, to optimize and sometimes we need to innovate and, and change your way of doing things. Oh, totally makes sense. And like you said, it, it's all about relationships and you can't build a relationship effectively, I don't think, online. You need to, you need to talk to people. You need to be alive with them. That's definitely, uh, you know, if you're in the wrong relationships, you're not going to get far. And, uh, you know, over email or chat, there's a, own, there's a limited quality of connection. And we want to connect, you know, like we're talking, I mean, we're not in the same room, but we're seeing each other. We're hearing each other. There's like a real relationship and connection going on here. You know, and I'll sometimes ask like, how many connections did you make this week? And they'll say, well, I sent out 500 emails. Well, that doesn't count. That's not a real connection. You you know, so I think, um, you know, you know, a lot of people think, well, the key to making money in my business is social media posts. Well, how many people did you migrate from social media into a chat, into a phone call? Because, you know, if you want more cash, conversations lead to cash, you know, cash flow follows calendar. Okay. And you got to put, you know, and so if you're not talking to people, you know, if you're just posting on social media, you're missing out on the real connection uh, because, you know, we want to do things online, but sometimes we need to do things online to drive people offline to really uh, build the relationship because the purpose of a business is not to make money. The purpose of a business is not to do more social media. You know, uh, you know uh, what you think you what you think you need is often not what you need. People think I need a website. No, you need clients. I need SEO. No, you need clients. You know, I I need more cash. No, you need clients because you get clients who pay you money and like everything gets better instantly. Yeah. Instantly, <laughs> absolutely. So uh, with this pandemic and everybody social distancing and, you know, businesses either losing clients or, or having to go kind of virtual with a lot of stuff. Have you seen, is that hurt your clients? Is it hurting their businesses or? Um, it's changed the game. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily hurt people. I think, um, you know, we've had this disruption called COVID and the question is, so a lot, for me, it's been good for my business. Um, you know, a lot of people had a job and they said, why should I start my business, Joe? And I have a regular paycheck and then COVID hits and it's like, oh, maybe I don't have a regular paycheck. And so it's like, and so some people, so what happened is a lot of people had jobs and they had to stay home um, and they had time on their hands, but they didn't know what to do with that time. Okay. So, so now a lot of people, uh, the pandemic hits and it's like, oh, before it's like, why should I start a business? I have a job, but now I don't have a job and it, yeah. I kind of need to reset my priorities. And and so uh, the key word is the people that pivot, you know, the people that innovate, the people that say, okay, um, here's what happened. Okay. But life is normal. I have a business. It's going fine. I'm relevant. And then COVID hits and all of a sudden COVID is the relevant thing and I've become irrelevant. And so then, you know, you can't, if you want to grow today, you can't continue solving yesterday's problems. You need to like, so um, for a lot of people, they were selling yachts, you know, we'll call it yachts. There's like, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, there's growth needs above the middle and there's survival needs. And uh, if you can't, you know, when, when COVID hits, 
people are not thinking about the yacht. They're right. thinking about survival. And so we got to stop selling the yachts, but we need to start selling lifeboats because now the COVID's hit. So human nature, this is something I learned from Jay Abraham is human nature is immutable. Uh, a human being a hundred years from now will be the same human being as now in the middle of COVID. And it was a, you know, if I take a, a flame and I put it underneath your hand, it doesn't matter if you're black or yellow or Hispanic or in the middle of COVID, you're going to go out and you're going to pull your hand back because now we're connecting to human nature. Right. So people haven't changed, but COVID's hit. And so their priorities have changed. So for example, I worked with a man um, who is in the printing business and he said, Joe, people, you know, he sell printing to restaurants and he said, Joe, people aren't printing uh, they're not hiring me for printing to grow their business anymore. I said, that's the problem. Yeah. Don't sell printing to grow your business. Don't go to these restaurants and say, you need printing to save your business. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had him print up door hangers that said, you know, sorry, we can't serve you in our restaurant now, but you can get takeout and you can get delivery. Here's our menu. Here's how to order. And guess what? The, the next time I talked to him, you know, two, three weeks later, he's like, Joe, I did what you said. And now they're hiring me for printing again. Nice. Yeah. It's just looking at what you do. How can we do it differently in, in this time? Like you said, focus on, focus on what the need. So you work with yes, startup yeah, don't businesses. Don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on right. what you can. On what you can. Absolutely. You work with starter, startup businesses and seasoned businesses. Um, do you have a preference? I, you know, I prefer to work with seasoned business owners because they can pay me, you know, I mean, honestly, <laughs> you know, look, I, I, I've done this a long time. Okay. And, and I used to help a lot. I, you know, I help people go on two or three or 400 K a year. They have that in their business and they want to go to one or two or 3 million a year. Okay. Um, and I love that work and I'm available for that work, but I kept running into people uh, that said, I want to start, you know, I have a job. You know, I, 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 every day when I drive to my job, I don't want to go in. It's stealing my soul. I work with idiots yep. and I want to start my own business and I don't know how, and nobody's really teaching me the real stuff. And so, uh, you know, startups is a calling, you know, look, if I don't serve startups, no one will, because they're just an underserved part of the world. Uh, you know, I learned from Jay Abraham and most people, they learn from Jay Abraham, use it in their own business to make money for themselves. And when I was at that trade show, seeing all these people that are making mistakes, it's like, I wanted to help everybody. And I realized everybody doesn't want to be helped. Um, but if you're, if you're in business making 10 K a month, then you want to go to 15 or 20, I can totally help you. But if you want to start a business and you're really not making money, it, it's difficult to find people that'll serve that crowd. Now I charge good money for the work I do, uh, but at least I'm going to, people can hire me and get the real stuff. Uh, you know, I do a program, you know, it's a significant chunk of money for six months with a guarantee that you'll make your money back and double it. And if you don't, I keep working with you until you do. Nice. And so I have like a hundred percent success track record with people that don't quit. If you quit, of course, we're never going to get the result, but that's you. That's not me. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, so uh, I just serve a crowd of people that are not being served. And so I work with both. I work with people that are starting up and they want to do it right. And there's just a shortage of knowledge and experts that can really serve that crowd. I'm like the career counselor you never got, you know. Uh, and, and then I love helping people that are growing. And, and it, 
it's weird, you know, as a coach to other coaches or a coach to other business owners, it's B to B, but uh, as a coach mentoring people who are starting up a business, I'm not really B to B because they're not a business yet. That's true. Okay. And they're not really just a straight consumer, you know, it's human to human, but that's been actually one of my challenges is really connecting and how do I target people that are want to quit their job? I mean, for most people that have a job and they're like, I don't like this job, they can't talk about it because they'll Mm -hmm. get fired. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. And so it's been a very interesting challenge. Also, when I started saying employee escape plan, all, all the people that were uh, veterans in business, they thought, oh, this doesn't apply to me because I'm, I'm not an employee, even though I was serving that crowd a long time. Yeah. So I've kind of had to reinvent and create an extra brand called, uh, uh, you know, the Business Happiness Blueprint, do what you love, share the love, receive the love. And then nice. I also have a podcast. It's the Build a Better Business podcast. And nice. that message is like, I'll help you build a better business if you're already in business. Mm-hmm. And I'll help you build a better business from scratch. And it's, it's a common thread. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. And I love that you don't often hear people use love when they're talking about building a business, right? Or growing a business, but it, it yeah. really, it does come down to that. It's those relationships you're building. You have to love what you're doing. You have to love that you're helping people, right? And, and build those relationships. Well, that's the goal. My goal for my clients is that you wake up every day and you say, I, you know, a lot of people say I got to go to work, but my clients, my goal for my clients is I get to do, I get to work my magic. I get, you know, I, I'm, uh, I get to serve my clients. I, you know, I'm using my superpowers. I'm making a difference and wow, they even pay me for this. Nice. And, and if you wake up that, uh, that way every day saying, I love what I do. It's, it's, I am blessed to be able to do something that I'm passionate about. Um, uh, see, I think, I think that most people are not unemployed. They're underemployed. Mm. But when you get to act, God gave you gifts, but then you can get on a job and it's like, you don't use your gifts. You just do what's in your job description. But if you get the chance, if you can create something where you can really use your gifts and your magic and your passion and your expertise and Man, there's there's no other. I love what I do. I, you know, I'm I am walking the talk here. I I do love it. It wasn't always this way, uh, but when you know when we talk about love, you know, the thing is, is employee escape plan is I don't I hate what I do. I don't love what I do, it, or I tolerate what I do. And and so if you're gonna escape the job you don't love, then you let's create. Let's create. Right. By design, I think a lot of people are in careers by default. Yes. But let's let's create a career by design instead of by default. Nice. Yeah, and this pandemic, I think, has been a good opportunity for people to really take a hard look at what they're doing and, and take that that time to build the business they want. It's been amazing because, you know, there's a lot of downside to the pandemic. I mean, people have died, but there's an upside too. It's like it's been a global reset, a control alt delete. <laughs> It's, it's been like, okay, okay. I, I don't, you know, what I was doing got interrupted. Now it's like, I have a chance to have a blank slate or a blank canvas and I can, I can create something now. So um, that's the upside of the pandemic is, uh, you know, before the pandemic, everybody was running around like a chicken with their head cut off. And, and now it's like, it forced everybody to stop. And in that stopping and in the silence, it's like, Maybe I don't want to do that anymore. What do I want to yeah. do? 
Absolutely. And, and, and I think that's a, a major plus thing. That's an opportunity for people that put the energy in and the, and the deep dive work to, to make the changes now. Absolutely. Definitely. So you've worked for other people. You've had your own business and stuff like that. Where did you find the courage to walk away from that nine to five comfort zone of, of the job and somebody else making the decisions for you? Where did you find that courage? Well, it came from an unusual place. You know, I was working at a job. Uh, I always had like an entrepreneurial, you know, desire with it, but I wasn't, I didn't, wasn't always doing it, but I was selling uh, Apple Macintosh computers at a place called Sun Computers in Torrance, California. Um, and uh, I was doing really good with it. And one day I get a call on a Friday at two o'clock in the afternoon that my father had a heart attack. And, it, you know, and so I went, my, my manager was on vacation skiing and I asked the assistant manager, uh, can I go? And he said, no, we're shorthanded. So I worked out my shift until seven o'clock and at seven o'clock I said, can I go now? And I went and I drove to Loma Linda where my father was at. And um, I spent the weekend with him. And then I came back on Monday morning and the manager came back and she said, Joe, um, where were you on Friday? And I, you know, my dad had a heart attack, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, I'm like, why? It was a tone, you know? And I, and she goes, well, after you left, some guys came into the store with weapons and ski masks and they, they robbed the store. They tied Gary up in the back room and, and they took all the computers and I'm like, well, that's terrible. You know, I, I didn't have anything to do with it, but yeah. so then a month later, you know, she called me into her office, by the way, I'm, I'm doing good on this job. I'm kicking ass. I'm busting quota. I'm selling a lot of, you know, moving a lot of product. And, and she pulled me into her office and said, Joe, we have to terminate your employment. I'm like, why? And she goes, remember that robbery? I'm like, I had nothing to do with that. And she goes, well, we know that, but uh, the insurance company won't pay us um, the money to replace the computers unless we come up with a reason why and we fix the reason why. And you left the store at seven o'clock and we have a company policy that there's supposed to be two people in the store at lockup and you left. I said, I had permission. She goes, doesn't matter. So they terminated my employment. And I was like really sad because it was like, it was, it was a dream job. I mean, I was having fun. I was making money. I was valuable. So I went to an, uh, an employment attorney to see if I had any rights. And he said, do you have an employment contract? And no. Well, nine out of 10 people don't have an employment contract. And so he said, basically, you know, we live in a, you know, you're at will employment so they can hire you for any reason or no reason. And they can yeah. fire you for any reason or no reason. And I was like, that's terrible. So, you know, he said, you can write a letter and ask for your job back. I wrote a letter and did not get my job back. But I thought, you know, I'm building a career here. And yet somebody woke up on the wrong side of the bed and said, you're fired. I'm like, never. I realized that when you become an employee, when you have an employee employer relationship, you are less than you give up a lot of your power. You give up your hours. You give up fairness. You give up what somebody says you're worth, you know, you're, you're, you you can't. And I, you know, it's like, this sucks. And it's like, I did not like the idea that my career was in someone else's hands. And I made a decision, you know, the courage, uh, you know, yes, the courage to start my own thing. I made a decision that never, ever, ever again, uh, am I going to work for someone else? I will, I, from this point forward, I'm going to figure out this entrepreneur stuff 
and start my own business and make it work. And, and I think that was a, a pivotal point in my life. Um, and, and the courage came from the fact that um, um, I realized that going and get, becoming an employee was more vulnerable than having my own business. Um, Absolutely. Was it uh, Jim Collins that said, uh, driving your own bus, you need to drive the bus? Yeah, you know, we, we've created an employer-reliant culture and not a self-reliant culture, Yeah, you know, and uh, I'm a stand. That's what I am today is I'm a stand for self-reliance through entrepreneurship instead of employer-reliance or government-reliance or charity-reliance or church-reliance or family-reliance or spouse-reliance. It's like, you, you know, your ability to go into the marketplace and create cash or income without going through an employer is a survival skill. If you don't know how to do that, you're going to have trouble surviving in this world. Absolutely. And so uh, having the courage to start your own business, that's, that's tough. I mean, I've, I've done it. I've known other people who have done it and stuff, but that's, that's scary. Finding that courage. Where do you think people find that courage? Well, I, I think that one of the reasons that people are afraid is that that it feels risky. You know, I, I, I'm a believer in risk-free entrepreneurship. It really isn't risky. Warren Buffett said risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. And I think one of the reasons it's so scary is because our education system fails at teaching people to start a business and be an entrepreneur. That, you know, if we had nine out of 10 people up until now in the past um, have failed in business, they start a business and they fail. And the reason why is because they simply don't know what they're doing. Warren Buffett said, risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. And so I think one of the ways to get the courage is to get the education, get the mentoring, get, you know, learn what it takes to do this the right way. And quite honestly, I've studied a lot of people's business stuff and, and I don't like the way people teach entrepreneurship. I don't like the way people teach business. You know, I've got so much training, I can kind of see cracks in the flaws. I've got distinctions. And so uh, I didn't like the way other people teach it. So I had to create my own. It's just, you know, so the business happiness blueprint is a superior method. Uh, well, you know, so I think if you get a good roadmap, you know, if you want to succeed, there's only three things you need. Number one is you need to have that burning desire, that hunger to create a business that works. If you, if you're half, if you're half motivated to start a business, you probably will fail. The second thing is you need a blueprint or a roadmap or a pathway to get from here. You know, you need to, you need a a path that works. And, and again, I've created a path that, that does work. Okay. And then the third thing you need is support. If you know where you're going and you really want to get there and you've got a path, it's a proven path that'll get you there. And if you, you know, and and if you have somebody kind of nudging you and keeping you on the path Mm -hmm. to make sure you get from here to there, Success is inevitable. And so yeah. if you if you're if you have that fear, if you don't have the courage, get the knowledge, get the information, start taking actions, um, and, and start getting some successes under your belt. Nice. Yeah, having that plan and then having somebody to hold you accountable. I think accountability partners are important. I think people need, especially leaders, I think they need somebody they can bounce ideas off of right? Here's what I'm thinking, right? A thought partner, but they also need an accountability partner. Here's what I'm going to do. Hold me accountable. I I have a strange attitude towards accountability. Okay. I think that accountability begins with integrity. Yes. 
you know, if you have integrity and you say, I'm going to do something and you really have integrity and you do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it, you don't need somebody to hold yourself accountable because your word should be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So if we're not keeping our word, you know, so I I think it's important to have somebody uh, help us guide us. But um, I think what we really need is to make sure that, you know, and if you're not doing what you need to do, um, you know, sometimes we need to break it into baby steps. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, you ask about the courage to start your business. Um, you know, you don't have to quit your job to start a business. You can go out and get one customer to start, you know, you can, so break it into baby steps, you know, and if we break, if you're having trouble, like biting off the whole elephant, then build that business one, one bite at a time and you'll get there. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, like you said, it starts with getting customers, right? I knew a guy years ago in one of the networking groups I was part of. He had the shirts, he had the hats, he had the pens, he had the coffee mugs, everything with his logo on it. No clients. But he had everything that made him look like he was in business, but he had no clients. It's like, start with clients. Yeah. And the way you're going to get clients is having a value proposition uh, that makes sense. Okay. In other words, the easiest way to make $10,000 is solve somebody's $100,000 problem. So I have promotional items. Was he in the promotional items business or was no, he- no, totally unrelated business, but he wanted to appear as if he was in business. So he had all of the trappings of business. Yeah. Yeah. So the name of the game is like, why should I do business with you? Yeah. You know, and so you got to give people a powerful reason and a value. Pro- so, you know, if Harlan has a hundred thousand dollar problem, and I come along and say, Harlan, I can make that go away for 10000 That's called a good deal. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, I think that the way we get customers is realizing that giving is better than receiving. You know, we want to receive the millions, but if you want to receive a lot, you got to learn to give a lot. Right. And, and I think that's one of the reasons we don't get clients is we don't know how to give or we, we give foolishly or we give in the wrong places. And and, and, you know, I think a lot of people that are struggling in business are asking, what do I need to say to get the sale? And that's not the right approach. I mean, that's, that's 20%. Okay. Yeah. But what do I need to give to earn your business? Because yeah. there is a giving and receiving. If I will, So there's really three things. And this is like test scientific advertising methods by John Caples. I mean, this is very well documented, but, you know, 40% of your success is getting in front of the right people that you can solve their problem. 40% is your offer. Like what are you giving for the money? And 20% is your words and your style and the way you talk about it. And if you might not, if your offer is so compelling of what I give for you to receive, it doesn't matter. My, my words are less important. Um, now, if I have a great offer and I wrap it in really good words, then I'll be even more effective. But I think a lot of people are focused on the words, right. but their offer of giving, you know, what they're giving isn't tickling anybody to, to, yeah. to purchase. <laughs> exactly. Who was it? Um, and I forget the, the quote, but something about you can have everything you want in life if you can help somebody else get everything they want. Right. Yeah. Ziegler. Yeah. Ziegler. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And so giving is better than receiving mm-hmm. uh, because giving starts the receiving process. 
the challenge for most people, children are born as geniuses and then conditioned into mediocrity. The <laughs> challenge is our whole life, we're pummeled with all this learning from all these directions and we become multifaceted people, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, Harlan, you're, a, you're probably a, you're a multifaceted, you're a child of God and you've got, you've got podcast interests and coaching interests and probably family interests and health interests, exercise, nutrition interests, music interests. Uh, So you have all these interests and the challenge is you show up in the marketplace scattered like a light bulb. But what if we took all of Harlan and focused him so laser focused, the same energy of a laser beam is the same energy of a light bulb, but the laser has more impact. And so, um, you can get everything in life you want as long as you help other people get what they want. And, and if you show up laser focused, you'll have more impact. I can help you get what you want because I've really focused all of my energy in my life and my resources and energy to help people exactly like you. Well, that's more valuable. Very cool. So your, your blueprint, is that uh, like a group program that you have, or is that a one-to-one program that you have or? No, it's, it, it, it's the, the the knowledge base of joe is the same you know so the business happiness blueprint is both a group program and a coaching program and there's little spin-off programs you know um i have a like choose your business wisely program That's which nice. is um just it's, it's not the whole program it's that first piece though uh, I have another program on, just, I, you know, I can just coach people on just selling, but uh, so one-on-one, you know, you just get a lot more personal attention with Joe, the mm-hmm. group, you know, the group program is uh, um, I, I love the group program because it's a way for me to serve a lot of people and, and people th- there's actually in many ways, there's more value in a group because, mm-hmm. you know, somebody asks a question uh, I answer it. But the thing is, is I'm not just serving them. I'm being like a DJ and making sure everybody's dancing right. and getting value. But the question, you know, if I ask Harlan to, you know, go ahead, and ask a question, you have certain questions you would ask, but when somebody else asks a question, it may, may be a question you never even thought about asking. Yeah, exactly. But it's like whole, you know, like light bulbs will go off and ahas and epiphanies, yeah. you, you know, so there's plus, you know, the group program is coaching content and community. So um, you get the content. I teach things. You get coaching to help you with your specific problems. But there's a community of other people on the calls and there's a, sure. a private Facebook group. And so there's this dynamic where not only are you getting help from Joe, but you can get help from others and you can help others. And there's something really cool yeah. that happens with community. Absolutely. Yeah, I've got a mastermind group. And that's one of the big things. They learn from each other. They ask a question, they sit in the hot seat, they ask a question, somebody says, well, here's what I've done. And they, they all start sharing. So you get not just, you know, my thoughts on it, but you get everybody's thoughts and yeah, it helps a lot. Yeah. Cool. So I, I do the group pro- programming ongoing. The only thing about the group that doesn't work is uh, coaching people on the choose your business wisely because the group is people that are already in business. Yeah. And, and it's like, if I, you know, Harlan wants to grow his business, you don't want to really kind of, and like, we don't want to waste our time on something. I want to know Harlan wants to know things to grow his business. That's why he's there. And the people that are still trying to figure out what business should I be in are a distraction. So I have broken that off as a separate piece. Nice. No, that makes sense. So if people want to learn more about you and your programs, where can they find you? What's your website? Google me. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of, this is kind of a flip answer. Google me. I'm kind of a big deal. There you go. (laughs) Um, 
businessincubatorcommunity.com. I have a Facebook group for entrepreneurs and pre-entrepreneurs who want to build a better business. And so if you go to businessincubatorcommunity.com, that'll forward you um, uh, to, to apply for the group. It's free. Nice. Um, and then I also, um, you know, I do a thing. Let me, if you're, if you really want to talk with me and possibly work with me, um, let me buy you an hour of my time. Schedule.employeeescapeplan.com. That's my let you buy, let me buy you an hour of my time. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Um, and we can have that, you know, I, and I'm not a hard sell kind of guy. I, there's no reason to do that. Um, if, if I buy you an hour of my time, I will give you value. And at the end, I'll probably give you a soft offer. But if you want, if you want the help, the help's available. It's just, um, uh, you know, it's really up to you. Do you want, you know, you can try and do it on your own or you can do it with some help and you can get help from others. But I'm really, I'm really good at what I do. You know, I own it. Uh, I've put a lot of hours in even today. You know, I've had people say, Joe, he's like, you don't need to learn anymore. It's like, you know, enough already, but I'm still learning. You know, sure. I, I'm paying for courses and learning because I, I want to stay the top, top, top razor's edge of my game. And, and I just don't see that I can be stagnant on my learning. Absolutely. So. And I, I hope everybody listens to that and takes note because, you know, I, that's one thing that drives me up the wall is people say, well, this is the way we've always done it. There are a lot That's of different ways to do that. Yes, it is. Absolutely, it is. Awesome. All right. So employee escape plan, definitely want to check that out and uh, your blueprint. I think that'd be awesome for people. So I will make sure all these links are in the show notes for everybody. Joe, thank you so much for sharing with us. And where are you headed to next? You, I think that- Arlington, Texas. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to linger in California till October 1st. And then my client in Texas said he'll be ready on the 1st of October. So... Uh, I'll probably spend October in Texas and a awesome. couple other places I want to go. I mean, Denver's on the list and, yeah. uh, you know, I like Sedona. <laughs> Sedona is nice. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, I envy you, man. I would love to be doing that traveling one of these days. I you can, you can. Independent. You All right. I'll check in with you. <laughs> awesome. All right, listeners. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hope you're taking notes because there's a lot of good takeaways from this. And uh, if you did appreciate this, make sure you share it with your family, friends, and colleagues. And stick around because there's always more coming. And that's it for me. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Listeners, that's it for me. Coach Harlan saying so long for now.